Hello, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we revel and celebrate in romanticism through art, storytelling, nature, music, poetry, creating, and bum ba bum passionate people doing great things. Hello, I'm Trebenezer Scrooge. Um, hi, I'm Trey. And I am joined by my forever <laughs> podcast host, uh, the ghost of Christmas candy, otherwise known as Emily. Hi, Emily. <laughs> bah, humbug. <laughs> <laughs> candy uh, so tonight uh or well today uh we just want to call out one thing that uh this is the extra i would actually like to pass this off to emily and uh emily would you like to introduce our guest tonight uh -oh. yes i would now that now that i fixed my <clears throat> microphone issue um <laughs> apparently they couldn't hear me before tonight or today it's usually we record at night and so it feels weird that the sun is out T today we have an amazing artist who is an artist and also a tattoo artist and he wrote a really cool children's book called diego the doodling dinosaur that's available on amazon in several countries um i present to you scott mitchell Yay! <laughs> thank you thank you what an introduction <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I didn't know we were doing like uh, Christmas names. I could have, I could have got involved in that. You know, I, I like the the trace of Benita Scrooge oh. and uh, the ghost of Christmas candy. It's perfect. We can change your name if you'd like. Right, but uh, I know I need, I'll need to think of one. Or okay. if you've got one if for you, me, <laughs> if you think of one, we can. Here, I'll at least put Diego Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and come up with a Christmas one when we're talking, right? <laughs> It'll come to me. It'll come to you, right? The Christmasaurus. There you go. Oh, I like oh, no, that. Wait, that's, oh. wait. that's awesome. I love it. So you are with us in Scotland. Yep. What part of Scotland are you in? I am in Kincardine at the moment because I'm at my tattoo studio at the moment. Um, it's kind of... It's halfway between Edinburgh and Glasgow. So that's like the two cities, big major cities in Scotland. So it's like halfway between each of them. That's what I would say. So I'm here right now and it's uh, at 6 p.m. here. And it's still pitch dark, though. So it, it feels like it's really late at night now. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Heart of the winter, you know, being in December. <laughs> the time change is hard when it gets dark earlier. I know. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> you wake up, you wake up, and it's dark, and then you like you drive home after your after you've been tattooing all day or working, and it's dark as well. So it's just uh, it's a bit. Um, <laughs> didn't you see the sunshine at all? No, I'm saying right, not unless it's your day off. <laughs> That's it. Yep. <laughs> all I have to say is God bless vitamin D. Otherwise, I would get like no sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, me as well. <laughs> Scotland's the worst for it, you know, like there's barely any sunshine ever. <laughs> oh, right. Like, yeah. And, and I have been to Scotland once. It was mostly in Edinburgh. And I remember landing, we landed on from the plane in Heathrow and then took a train up the coast, which was so amazing. That was the coolest, one of the coolest parts of the trip, because as you're going along the countryside in a train and it, the tracks are so smooth, it's amazing. You can't tell you're on a train. And, um, you know, I had music playing and we're riding along and watching the countryside go by. And every now and then you see like 
um, you know, a farm with sheep, and then you see, boom, a castle. And then you just, and then you see regular houses and nice rolling countryside. It's beautiful. Sometimes you get to see the ocean because and the coast. Um, but then, boom, a castle, and then boom, another yeah. castle. And it was like, it was here. We don't really have that. So it was amazing to see that. It that was so gorgeous, though. I loved that trip. I'm dying to go back. But you've been here too, yep. right? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been in America. Yep, I've been in America a couple times. Um, I got married in America, funny enough. So me and my wife got married in uh, Las Vegas. So that that's that's kind of what happened at first when it when coming back to America first kind of came about for me. But uh, me and my wife we got married in Vegas, and then we I came back myself and I tattooed in Vegas, and then I've been to LA and I've, I've tattooed in LA and stuff like that as well. But uh, yeah, America's America's a great place. Like it's uh, especially Vegas. Let's just say that you know Vegas is is something else. <laughs> I don't know. Have you been to Vegas before? Obviously, I, I mean I, I know I, I bet a lot of people from America have been to Vegas. So, oh, have you been to Go. Vegas, Trey? I did, but I didn't really get the full experience because I was ten. Um, it was a it was a family vacation, and very quick side tangent. We happened to pass by a big sign that was advertising one of the shows with some like dancers in it, and it said "covered show at seven, uncovered show at nine. And I had to politely ask my mom like what that meant, and I I was like, why would they have an uncovered show? Like, what if it rains? Thinking that they were talking <laughs> they were talking about the roof. <laughs> So, um, very innocent, Trey. So, so innocent, went... so innocent, <laughs> so innocent, <laughs> so naive, brilliant. <laughs> and I've That's been funny. to Vegas a few times. We used to have to, uh, we used to have to, there were manager meetings I had to be part of and they would, they thought it was fun to have these meetings in Vegas. And it was a, it was an interesting and entertaining combination of people who were there to see the sites and kind of just be odd by some of it and eat the food and then there were others that were there to get in trouble yeah <laughs> i was that sounds a bit right <laughs> i was in the former group that you know <laughs> did not get in trouble <laughs> a good girl <laughs> <laughs> i tried <laughs> that's it yeah but yeah some place kind of... i'm sorry at some place you know it's a it's a crazy place you know it's um it's amazing. It's, it's 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 an amazing place, but um, it's got everything for everybody. I would say, you know, if you're if you're into anything, I mean, like when it comes to Vegas, I don't I don't drink, I don't take drugs, I don't. I, I I would say, like on paper, I'm probably quite boring compared to some people, but I still love Vegas. You know, I love the people in Vegas. They're amazing. They're like, they're so happy, man. <laughs> it's like an adult paradise. You know, it's just like everybody's there having fun. Everybody speaks to you, which is it's kind of strange, right? Like like. If, if I was to get in an, an uh, elevator here in Scotland, like nobody would say hi to anybody. But when you go to Vegas, everybody's like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" You know, like all the time. And it's like that's my terrible American accent, by the way. But um, you know, everybody's so happy. You know, <laughs> everybody's wonderful. so happy all the time. You know, which is always really nice. And it's you know, it's quite strange for me to to go somewhere like that and everybody be so happy all the time. <laughs> what must be because it's sunny it must be because it's sunny all the time i yeah i thought about you know i don't know if i noticed that difference when i went to vegas but i wonder if maybe it, it was that way and i just didn't notice i don't know about... california's like that as well though right like everybody's happy all the time everybody's happy when hmm. i went anyway it seemed that way 
I'm going to have to put some thought into that because I wonder if that's just normal for me because I see it all the time or if like, cause maybe it's just a perception like our, we live it every day. So it's not out of the ordinary. Take it for granted. We don't yeah. feel happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what brought you to Vegas though? What, what made you decide to go there? Well, um, in terms of, do you mean in, in terms of tattooing, I take it, is that we Or getting married, like, both, now? all of it. Well, we'll get married, uh, yeah, um, getting married, it was, it's one of these things, you know, like obviously I'm, I met my wife and everything like that, and it, I suppose it started off as a joke, we would be like, oh, we'll just get married in Vegas, you know, we'll just get married in Vegas, because over here, like, it's quite a big show and dance when you get married here in Scotland, you know, like, it's quite a big deal, you know, you have to get everybody together, you have to have, like, a million guests, you know, like everything like that. So we kind of, we weren't really the type of people, you know, so we kind of thought we'll just go do it like on a smaller scale. And it was just, like I said, it was actually more like a joke at first. We'll, oh, we'll just get married in Vegas, you know, we'll just get married in Vegas. And then um, eventually we um, we just kind of looked into it and we thought, why not? It'd be great. And then can we, we obviously invited like our closest family and, and went over kind of hanging. That was a great experience. It was a great experience. And we, and we went to, like, it was like the traditional kind of, like, chapel that you would go to. You know, you could hire Elvis and all that kind of stuff. But we we, we never done that, you know. But um, it was quite fun to to experience that. Like, in terms of weddings, like, weddings go on for a full day. Normally here, you know, they go on for a full day. But our wedding was over in, like, 20 minutes. Right. You know? Really, really quick. And and that was it, you know. And then we, we just kind of went to the casinos and stuff like that. It was uh, just a really fun day, you know. It, it wasn't, um, like, the stressful kind of thing, which... I think that was the appeal of doing it in Vegas was uh, to have it a bit less stress free and it was more like a holiday, I suppose. And um Right. Yeah, that's kinda of that's kinda of the first reason I went. Um the second reason would obviously be for the tattoo side of things. So that was I think that was maybe about a year later, maybe maybe nine months later maybe. And it was I got in touch with a guy that lives in Vegas called Bobby Blood. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's like a like a director and he's like a, a writer and a drummer for a band called First Blood. I think it's like a kind of punk band. Okay. And um, I ended up speaking to him and um, we were talking just over Instagram and we were just talking and I think that I had mentioned, I was like, oh, I love Vegas, you know, like uh, it was one of my favorite places to visit and, and stuff like that. And then he turned and said to me, he was like, oh, Scotland was my favorite place that I've ever visited when I've been on tour with the band and, and everything like that. And we just started talking. And it was um, it was that kind of way where he, he just said he was like he goes so when are you coming over he goes when are you coming over to work at my shop my tattoo shop and I was like oh right <laughs> and then at first I, I was like oh he's probably just saying that to be nice you know and then we just kind of left it and then ended we ended up speaking again a wee bit later and he said he was like so when are you coming when are you booking your flight and I was like oh this guy's really serious <laughs> I was like so um, I, you know I just thought well that's an opportunity and I don't know what to say no to any opportunity so we'll. We'll just go for it and I ended up booking the flights and he has a shop in the downtown part of Vegas so it's like do you know have you ever watched um Pawn Stars on the TV mm, yeah I'm sure you have yeah yeah so his shop's like right across the road from uh from that from that place so it was it was definitely fun you know like a lot, a lot of fun Vegas stories for tattooing there you know and it, it's quite like a it was definitely a, just a different change of pace for me because my, my studio in Scotland is like a small studio. It's just me that, that's here. I don't really work with anybody or anything like that. It's kind of private based, if you will, custom kind mm -hmm. of stuff. 
and then in Vegas it's very walk-in you know so you get a lot of walk-ins and a lot of people just coming in off the street to get tattooed so it made it quite fun and there was really nice people who worked there and I, they were very welcoming and it was uh, it was just really fun it was a really really I really enjoyed it like I, I thought oh this is definitely for me this this you know like coming over and working in the sunshine and having all the crazy stories that went with it you know it was especially being in that part of Vegas I mean the the Graceland wedding chapel uh was right across the like directly across the road for it. So you would always see something happening. You would always see somebody getting married. Like there was like two old dudes like in their like eighties getting married on a, a motorcycle outside, you know, like just in the middle of the day and like getting married by Elvis. Like and then you would be standing outside the shop between like tattoos and there would be like um like a marching band come down the street and everybody's dressed up as chickens, you know, just like just randomly. <laughs> and they're like you know, just gone down the street and it was it was just crazy, man. You know, like the, you would get people that would come in and get tattooed and they would just bring in like like pythons, like snakes and stuff. Like like <laughs> all the crazy stuff that happened that week when I was there. I've not seen that amount of craziness in my shop in Scotland in the 11 years I've tattooed here. <laughs> like it was just crazy, you know, like all, all this crazy fun stuff. And um, yeah, it was it was definitely an experience, and there was like a bail bonds place next door as well. So you got a lot of like <laughs> crazy people coming out for jail, and they would come in and use the phone in the tattoo shop and and everything like that, you know. So it was always it was always funny. Let's put it that way. There was always some crazy thing going down, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> never a dull moment. So never a dull um, moment. Not in Vegas yeah. anyway. <laughs> How so? Talking about like tattooing, and that you eventually got to Las Vegas to be in a work in a tattoo shop there. How did you actually get started with tattooing? Well, tattooing. I mean, I mean, you're talking. I started tattooing in 2008, and um, I'm a self-taught artist. I would say probably like, and I mean, I opened my shop pretty early on. I was like in 2012, I think, opened my shop. So I've been here for. What would that be? That'd be like 11, 11 years or something. So I've been awesome. here for quite a while. But um, I, I got my first professional tattoo when I was 18. First professional one, I say. I, I got tattooed before that unprofessionally. <laughs> so, uh, which I do not recommend to anybody. It's not a good idea. But I got my first professional tattoo when I was 18. And I kind of seen how things were done, you know, like from the drawing, the stenciling, the, the setting up, the sterilization, the machines. Um, even like the laying out of the composition and getting tattooed, everything like that, it, it took me right away. It was like, I mean, I always kind of describe it to people like it's like when you fall in love with somebody for the first time, it's it's actually that intense, you know, it's like an obsession. You know, you you, you that's all you can think about after that. And that's what it was like for me when I first came across tattooing and then realised that it was like, a, that, that it could even actually be a job, you know, like it, it wasn't something that I ever thought could, like in my mind, articulate as being a job at first. And then when I got my first tattoo and it was just like, even walking into the tattoo studio, you could smell, you know, like a tattoo shop's got a smell to it. It's got like a really strong smelly, like, uh, like, uh, like, I think it would be like dental here, but it's like antiseptic, you know, and it's got a strong smell and it, it just takes over you. And it's like, a, a, I, I feel it's like, I, I would say it's like a relationship almost like, like when you first come into contact with it, I think it either takes you and, and you just get obsessed and, and infatuated with it. And that's what's happened to me, I would say, for the day I've been interested in, in tattooing, I suppose. <laughs> I I really like that because it, I mean, it really does. And it's almost like any profession that you that you go into that you are so passionate about. It honestly becomes a, a super hard relationship. There have been 
like theater people and there have been um, other artists that I've met that have done artistry for years and they give it up to to go pursue something else for a variety of reasons um yeah. and just watching the amount of like heartache and then when they get to do their art again it's like re refining that love for somebody and it's it's so i think that is a, like a really great analogy yeah yeah and i think tattooing is definitely that as well you have you have times where you you're maybe not quite as in love with it as you first were but then you you, you ride through it you know and then you you go through you go through spells where it's you know you're kind of just riding the wave a wee bit you know you're just kind of getting by with it and then you have periods of time where you're like infatuated with it again and it's like it's it's like when you you first met somebody i suppose i suppose that's the best way to explain it it's like it's like that first love again but you should treat it like a long-term relationship anyway you know you should, you should put the love into it and you know it'll it'll always pay off you know it'll always pay off if you do that so if you don't mind me asking what was your first tattoo uh, my first tattoo, right? So um, it's on my right arm. It's actually kind of covered up now, to be honest with you. So it was um, it was from a it's from a a band's album cover. Um, you ever heard of a band called Muse? I don't know how how big they are where you are. But... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like so sometimes when I ask people when I say you ever heard of Muse, they, they're always like, "Oh, I've never heard of them." So <laughs> like so that's why I always ask them, like, "Have you actually heard of them?" But obviously they're like probably the biggest rock band ever that nobody's ever heard about. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, um, but it was from one of their album covers. It's from an album cover called Absolution, and it was like these kind of. I, I'm trying to explain. It. it was like some kind of flying shadow dudes. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but and it, it's on my arm. And uh, it was one of my friends that done it, and it was just done so terribly. Honestly, it was so bad. And I remember going home, and I was 17 at the time, and I like, can you show your mum and dad? And they're just laughing at me. They're like, it looks like a jelly baby. It looks like a jelly baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what it's like, and uh, so that was me brought right back down to earth. I was like, "Well, I need to get, I need to get a professional tattoo." You know, <laughs> that was uh, uh, it's quite a funny story now, but it's like half covered up and half not. I've still got a couple of them up the top, so it's uh, it's like a, I don't regret it or anything. You know, it was just like that was like the step into tattooing for me, and it went through there. You know, but but after that, I never got a you know, I kind of learned that you had to go somewhere decent and and get it done properly. <laughs> I don't trust this... anybody. This is another thing I'll say. I don't trust anybody who's only got good tattoos. I think like you, but you have to have at least one bad one. You know, it's just only fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of my friends that have tattoos. If any of them have a bad one, and I'm now I'm going to call them out and I'm be like, mm, no, no, you have one. I know it's bad. <laughs> I know you have one. Yep, yep. If they if they say no, they're lying. I'm telling you. <laughs> Do you yeah. have tattoos? That's what I was going to ask you. Is that all right to ask you questions as well? Oh, <laughs> you're welcome that? to. Yeah, I don't. I know what I would get if I did, though. Yeah. Oh. I can, can I guess? Can I guess what you're oh, going to get? Absolutely guess. <laughs> <laughs> would you get something to do with your cat? Oh, that's interesting, but no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a wing. Good question. I was um, just guessing. But... She's, <laughs> she's rolling around on the floor over here. <laughs> Sorry, baby, but no. <laughs> <laughs> she's scratched me enough i have scars so it's that's fine that's enough <laughs> it counts as a tattoo it counts <laughs> i i would get um a compass rose mm -hmm. if you know what that is with the one. the little um yeah i definitely know yeah. where they are <laughs> i do about a million not everybody does if you don't know what a compass thing. rose is go google that you'll know exactly what it is 
yeah, I'm, I've always been, um, it has a lot of meaning to me personally about, um, choosing your direction in life and being on the path you want to be on. And that's part of it. So that's why I don't know where I would get it. Um, I hadn't really worked that out, which might be why I haven't gotten one yet. Think long and hard. Right. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Probably not right here on my face. <laughs> no, definitely no. Definitely no. That's what that, that's one thing I'll say about Americans, you know, like uh, when I when I was in Vegas and, and in LA, I mean a lot of people had face tattoos. It was a very big thing over there. Um it's starting to happen here a wee bit more, you know, like a lot of people have got their Hmm. face tattooed over here but in vegas everybody had their face tattooed when i was there you know and i was like well that's like it's hardcore yeah where i live i don't think i've seen a single face tattoo i've seen maybe like the little like teardrop under the eye or something like that but that is like so minuscule it almost looks like someone's beauty mark instead mm. yeah do yeah. you have tattoos I, I, oh i'm sorry no, sorry. I, I was just going to say about the teardrop one. I remember seeing a guy that had one, and it was a, like, you know how like a teardrop one it's meant to um, represent that you've killed somebody or something. You know, like it's like a it's like a old school jailhouse tattoo. You know, I've and I remember that. seeing one, and and it was like somebody had like a pizza where that one was like under the eye, and it was like they killed a pizza. You know, <laughs> 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 yeah, like it's brilliant. You know, I'm proud of that. Very clever. Killed the pizza. <laughs> He probably got like one of those extra large pizzas, and that was just to symbolize the fact that he ate it himself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you can eat this whole pizza, you get a free tattoo of a pizza. Whoa. New at Domino's. <laughs> if you can eat this extra large pizza by yourself in an hour, you get a free tattoo. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely something only America would do. <laughs> And maybe only in Vegas. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I, I beg to differ, actually. I'm pretty sure I've, I've I've seen something like that. I might have seen it a long time ago, but I'm sure somebody got like a Domino's Pizza logo tattoo here, and they were like going in and getting free pizzas because of it. Um, I don't know how long that went on for. Surely it, it wasn't a thing, because then I think everybody maybe started doing it. <laughs> so like everybody just started getting <laughs> Domino's pizza. pizzas and <laughs> going in and getting free pizzas. But, um, wow. It's pretty crazy so you, you i mean people do really extreme things when it comes to free stuff yeah i, guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean i remember because i used to be in fashion design and i had a friend who was so excited about some of the things i was doing like i I'd, I'd gone to one of the fashion weeks with my stuff and uh he thought it would be a cool idea to get a tattoo of my business logo and i was like Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that because what happens if my business <laughs> fails <laughs> or if something I happens know, I and know. I decide to change the logo? Now you have this. Now you have this. <laughs> that, yeah, I talked him out of it, thankfully, because yeah. I don't do I've, that anymore. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've had people before kind of similar in that situation where, like, I've done a great big body work on them, like, if they get, like, a back piece or something like that. And they'll be like, "Oh, just write your write your name at the bottom, like sign it." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> definitely not. Like, I, you're not kicking about with my name on you. You know, like it's like you know, it's bad enough you got a tattoo off me. <laughs> but never mind the, the name underneath it. You know? Obviously joking with it, but <laughs> um, 
there was one that I saw. There's an opera singer that I follow who is in a like a relatively new work of art, um, and he had just uh, performed at the Metropolitan Opera, and decided to get I don't know what it's called, but it's like some uh, something that you see quite a bit on Egyptian um, Egyptian hieroglyphics. It's almost like a border with like um, eagle wings that kind of spread out. Um, but it's like one of the centerpieces of the show and he got it like tattooed right across his chest um, because he um, he originated the role he um, went back to do its re uh, reprise um, so he felt such a love for the show and he just got it tattooed right across his chest um, and it was really well done very simple but a very very nice work of art um, yeah. If you ask me who the performer is, I can't think of his name right now. I could have told you five minutes ago, but not now. <laughs> It'll come to you later, you know. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to like uh, doing other people's tattoos, do you prefer more of like the simple sorts of tattoos, or do you like doing more in-depth sorts of things? That's a good question. Um, I suppose me personally, I've I, I tried to stick a wee bit more to the foundation kind of style of tattooing. So I, I believe in doing like line line work to make the tattoo hold up over time. So I, I, I do like doing both. I like doing really simple, really traditional tattoos. I like doing detailed, small tattoos, you know, like, so I would say I do a bit of both, but I would probably line myself more with the, the more simplistic style stuff. You know, I feel like it ages better. I feel like it looks a lot better and is a lot more stronger over time like for example if you look at like the the japanese style of tattooing i don't know if you've ever seen that kind of work before but you know it's like on a big mass and it's very big very bold very simple and it looks great for the 80s and it's so timeless you know so that's probably a pro that's probably one thing with these like really tiny fine line tattoos that they probably won't age quite as well as you know like the traditional ones I mean, there's probably some exceptions to that rule because there will be people who can execute it very well and they'll be able to to do it in a way where it will last throughout the years. And um, same with like portraits and stuff like that, you know, like I always feel like black and grey is probably better for portraits. But there, there's some there's some amazing artists that can do like really good colour, um, realistic portraits. And it's amazing. Like it's, it's so amazing to look at. And it's very technical. It's a very technical thing to achieve with a, with a tattoo machine and needle. And um with a color palette and everything like that, it's really difficult to do that. Um, but me personally, I, I'm 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 a more like less is more kind of approach, I would say. And I've definitely noticed that. Like I've, I've been tattooing for quite a while now, so like like 14 years, 15 years coming up, I think. So like when I look back at some of my tattoos that I've done over that time span, the ones that I feel that I've aged and looked the best for has been the more simplistic ones. So they definitely age a lot better through time, and I've. I, that's probably the work I'm most happy with when I see it and I, I feel like clients should be in it a wee bit more for the long run you know so like if they're going to get a tattoo of me I want it to to last and look good for as long as possible rather than giving them a piece that they're going to need to come back and get covered up in a couple of years you know so I, I definitely try and like if somebody's wanting to do a tattoo that's like really really small and it's really detailed and it's maybe not going to be the best option for them. I'll say, listen, like maybe you want to maybe think about making this a bit bigger because it's going to look better 10 years down the line rather than five years down the line, you know, because pigment underneath the skin, it, it ages and it, it bleeds out a wee bit, you know, so you, you, don't want to, you don't want to do it too small that then ends up just being like a black 
smudge you know so that that's kind of the problem when you do these really tight detailed stuff but if you open it up just a wee bit more it's 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 definitely better for the long term i think and I like the fact that you that you kind of give them considerations for thinking down the road. There are some tattoo shops that friends have gone to that are just like, "Oh, that's the one you want." Oh, okay, and no, they don't definitely. really talk it. They talk it through, and so I like that you give more of that, like that tailored sort of response to them. So, kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel I feel like it's my responsibility as a tattooist to do that because they don't know. You know, the clients don't know this. They only they only see what they see on social media and stuff like that. That that's probably what most people come in with. You know, they come in with their phones and they say, "Oh, look, I, I want something exactly like this." And it, I mean, the tattoo might look all right on the phone and it's filtered through Instagram filters and all that kind of stuff, but in reality, you know, like. They, they don't know what it's actually going to look like five years down the line, whereas we've, we we know, you know, like tattooists, we'll know what it's going to look like down the line. So it's our job to, um, like, teach them in a way. And you, and you don't have to be rude about it, you know. Like, I know a lot of guys that will just be like, oh, I'm not doing that, you know, like, uh, that's a rubbish idea or whatever. But it's our jobs as tattooists, I feel, and our responsibility and our duty to do that is to explain to them, right, listen, this, this is what you might need to consider down the line. Like, it's probably not going to look quite as good and stuff like that. So I would rather turn away a tattoo that I know is not going to age or look right than do a bad one. Because the bad one is going to affect you 10 times as much as what a good one will do. You know, you can do a good tattoo and it'll be great. Because everybody, like, if some, somebody will show it off and there'll be people that will love it. But... If you do a bad tattoo and you show somebody, you're going to get hundreds of people, you know, like say, that's a bad tattoo, that's rubbish, that's this, you know, so it, that can affect you just the same. So you kind of have to think about like that as well and your reputation, I suppose, like people, you don't want to do a really bad tattoo and then somebody's, you know, going to say, oh, well, don't go to Scott's shop, you know, he's he's rubbish. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like that. You want to just make sure that, you, that you're putting the client in the right frame of mind that they're thinking about the future. Admittedly, I don't have any tattoos, um, but I would want to go to a place like that um, if I were going to consider one. So, uh, Emily, to answer a question, I think you asked me earlier. Um, no, I do not have any tattoos, um, but I am considering one. I have an idea. Okay. Let's go to Scotland. Uh -huh. <laughs> and we'll go to Scott's shop. And that's Ooh, where we'll okay. get it done. Ooh. Sounds good. I'll okay. be happy to have you. I'll be happy to have you. <laughs> See, Make then it, it, happen. it has happen. a cool story behind it too. Then definitely. Uh, since I know uh, my partner's listening, uh, we're going to Scotland, by the way. So, <laughs> <before> <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Um, Is there a season for like? Do you find that you have busy times and times in your business that it's slow? Is that a thing? Uh, I would, I do know what I sound big headed when I say this, but no, for me, <laughs> you know? so That's good. Uh, at, at the moment, it's always been pretty busy uh, for the, for, from when I've opened, you know, it has always been pretty busy. I've always been booked up quite far in advance and I'm very lucky for that. Um, I know a lot of people that are like maybe in shops that are kind of nearer my shops and they're not booked up quite as much. Um, but I think I'm booking at the moment for the end of April right now so it's a good few months in advance um to actually get booked in it does depend on what you want as well you know if it's something a bit smaller i might be able to fit it in between uh, larger appointments but the thing is nowadays 
a lot of people are getting big work. You know, a lot of people are getting back pieces, they're getting sleeves, they're getting uh, leg sleeves, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot, a lot of the time, you, it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of time to, to make them happen rather than the small ones. Um, so I've always been pretty busy. Um, I suppose if any time, it would probably be around about the now uh, that you would maybe find quiet time. So for example, I'd, I'd, I suppose you'll probably get like more cancellations around about this time, you know, because some people all book their tattoos and then they realize that Christmas is coming up and that they've not got as much going on, especially now in, in Britain, we've got like a, an energy crisis going on now as well. So all our bills are like skyrocket high, you know, so um, I think a lot of people have no expected that. So there will be people that have cancelled. Over the last couple of weeks, I think I've maybe had like two cancellations or something. But I'm always, I've always got people that are willing to jump in and take that space anyway. And um, there's always somebody waiting, thankfully. And I probably get like at the moment, at, at, at the minute, I'm probably getting like twenty emails a day, thirty emails a day for tattoo appointments. And I can't always get to them quick enough. So a lot of the time, I'll just need to say like, listen, this is the waiting time. If you're if you're sure about getting tattooed this will be the wait and then it'll be the case if they're happy to wait they'll they'll get back in touch and, and they'll come in and stuff like that um so I, yeah i'm quite lucky that way <laughs> yeah that's awesome and you've you... won oh i'm sorry no go ahead <laughs> we do this all the time <laughs> <laughs> you've won awards though haven't you uh yeah yeah so it's it's for the shop and um I always say awards kind of loosely because I really don't know how I even came about winning them. <laughs> so I kind of say it loosely, but it's like a one of them was a. I'm just going to check it actually while I'm here. It's a Scottish Enterprise Awards, and the other one is a. It's dark through there. Uh, the Prestige Award or something for the shop. So it's like Tattoo Shop of the Year and for the region, uh, Scotland. Um, and I'm actually not really sure how how I won how I won them by the way because it's, it's basically they get in touch with you they phone you and then they email you and they say oh you can come to this event you've won this thing you you'll you'll get this and you'll get like a, a certificate and a, a trophy and all this kind of stuff and you can come and get your photos took and all this kind of stuff and I always ask them I'm always like how how did I win this I never applied for it and like that and it's usually down to people either um nominating you to these things or it, it's through their own research so for example they'll um look online and they'll check out like business reviews and they'll check out you know just things like that I, people obviously like maybe um researching and googling the the shop and all that kind of stuff so as far as i'm aware it's like it might just be like a marketing thing to be honest with you um i'm not actually sure so I say awards with a pinch of salt because I'm not even sure where they came from. It wasn't like I went into a competition and won them. But um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of the ones. Well, congratulations. That that sounds amazing. It just sounds good, doesn't it, to say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, can I ask, um, what is it like? Because uh, you mentioned you're married. Um, so what is it like having a family, being a tattoo artist? Um, how do those kind of like impact your work or kind of vice versa? Mm -hmm. um, it's, I, I'm very, very lucky. I've got a very devoted and loving and a, you know, like a relationship with my wife and, and she's very understanding how it works with tattooing, you know, like my, my schedule's pretty hectic, obviously, because I'm booked up for so far in advance and, um, I've got a son as well, so he's three and a half. So we're we're at the stage where it's like it's crazy, crazy and fun, you know. So it's it's really good. So what 
what I do is usually early morning, I got pretty early. I, I can kind of tell you my routine if you want. That's probably the best way to maybe like see the dynamic of it. Is that all right to do that? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I probably get up around about 4 a.m., sometimes half four, uh, like 4 30 a.m. in the morning. Then I'll go to the gym in the morning. I'll go to the gym for about an hour. I'll get ready. I'll come into my studio about 6 a.m. by the time I get here and stuff like that because I do a bit of traveling. And what I'll do in the morning, I will answer my emails. I'll start my drawings for the day. So I'll like draw my tattoos for the appointments I'm going to have throughout the day. And I'll do just shop stuff, you know, I'll, like, I'll like clean up. I'll, I'll like, like I say, get in touch with people. I'll order supplies. I'll phone people on e-phone. And then I'll have my breakfast at the shop around about nine. I will do consultations from nine till 10. I start tattooing at 10 o'clock. I'll tattoo from 10 till maybe about one. I would have my lunch at one o'clock and then I would probably start tattooing again around about two and I'll tattoo from about two till five-ish roughly but it can change a wee bit you know like tattoos don't always take the same amount of time maybe sometimes it'll be a bit less maybe some days it'll be like a full day appointment where I start at 10 we have a half an hour lunch break at one and then we finish later at half four five or something depending on the tattoo and then I'll drive home I'll come home and then I will be um, my wife is one of the people like she's like very homely she's very she'll she'll have the dinner ready you know she's like she's we've got like a kind of old school traditional relationship that way like i'll come home she'll 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 be ready she'll make the dinner and then we'll have a family time together and then we will i'll do like bath and bed with my son and we, we read stories and that's obviously how the book kind of came into front because we started doing like books and, and stuff like that at night and then it's around about let's just say about eight half eight at night and then we maybe get like half an hour together at night me and my wife and we'll talk about our days all that kind of stuff and do stuff that we need to do in the house and then, and then that's it you know and then it's back to bed and same again and i do that five days a week um, i used to yeah five, five days a week is what i do with that so that's kind of my routine but we've got a really good like home family life balance you know so like on sunday monday that's my days to be at home you know, I can be with my son and with my wife and then we do stuff together. And I literally don't look at my phone really at all, like Sunday to Monday. I'm very conscious of that. Even when I come through the door at night, when I finish at like, by the time I get home, it's near six o'clock. So I'll, when as soon as I'm home at six, my phone goes down, you know, and my son runs to me. He's like, daddy, daddy. And then that's it. It's like, it's dad time. You know, it's like dad to dad time to go on, you know. And uh, uh, that's that's the best bit about my day obviously that's like priority and i'm, I'm quite I'm, I'm happy now because it's been so busy recently more recently it's been really busy because of the book and stuff like that as well i've been obviously doing podcasts and um like other stuff i'm doing like school visits on monday so i have been doing seven days a week uh, more recently just because of that but christmas is coming up and i have to i have to make sure that like right like i'm taking time off you know i'm taking 10 days off from a uh, christmas so christmas eve till the third and that'll be no tattooing, no book stuff, just straight, you know, like family time. And I, I try to be very conscious about that. I'm like, I, I try and really be like a really conscious parent and a conscious, a, a conscious husband as well. You know, like I take everything into consideration. We're very good at communicating as a family. We, we all, we all work together to make things happen and make things work. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And my wife's just like a boss, eh? Like she just does everything. You know, she's like, she's just she's insanely good at everything <laughs> so like she like like when i feel like i'm busy she's always busier than me you know she's always getting stuff done and she's obviously a mum so like being a mum is like having two full-time jobs anyway you know so like having that and then she works full-time as well so she bosses it you know all the time and then you know we, we work really good as a team so it that's how we like that's it. how we make it work and make it balanced 
<laughs> I'm very thankful for it. You know, I'm so thankful for my family because that's that's what makes everything worthwhile. Eh? That's why that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and trying to put the work in. <laughs> so we're gonna clip that part of you calling your wife an absolute boss. Uh, yes. So <laughs> uh, we'll send that to you, and we want you to show that to her. Um, I think you'll win some some husband points. I was about to ask if she was listening or watching because I think she should hear this. This sound, unless you tell her this all the time, this is this is awesome. Oh she, oh she knows she's very appreciated. You know, I tell her, okay, I tell her a lot. But but she but she she'll appreciate it being online, I suppose. But she she will not be listening now. She's away out with my son. She's away to do some Christmassy stuff today with him. So, but okay. she will she probably will listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> She What's... knows it. She knows. She knows. She, she knows. I think she's the boss. You know. She's like. Uh, What's her name? Can we ask her name? Leah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna clip this and I'm gonna title title it. <laughs> Leah. Um. You. You also mentioned, and I'm glad that you brought up your son because I wanted you to bring up your son. Um, and that you read stories. <laughs> How. Can you talk to us about how the book kind of came out of your relationship with uh, your wife and with your son? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, like I say, when I go home at night, like it's usually like story time and, and and bedtime with my son. You know, like well, bath story and bedtime. So we we've always read a lot of books to him. You know, like ever since he's been so like very small, like since he's been like a newborn baby, we've always to, always tried to implement books. You know, and. Um, we really found the found the like rhyming books, you know, he really enjoys them. So like Julio Donaldson, Doctor Seuss, that kind of stuff. Excuse me. Um and he always really did, really enjoyed them. And for me, I, I was looking at these books and I was thinking, you know what, like the, the, these are really good. They're really like obviously they're really simple and I I don't say that like in a like oh they're simple, you know, like they're they're very complex but they're very simple stories. So if you you know, if you can look into that and I, I, basically I wanted to emulate that you know I thought maybe I could do that that was all that that was pretty much all that happened I thought maybe I could do that you know and I would say even at school like I was never that articulate when it came to writing or like um, English or anything like that I wasn't that great at that obviously I've, I've always been creative in terms of drawing and, and artistry I would say I, I was never really that great at English or anything like that so there was that side of things where I thought well is this something that I'll, I'm actually going to be able to do and I'm quite a big believer in like if you want to if you want to learn something and you want to do something you you have to just take the responsibility on and learn it and really and just do your best at it right so that's what happened and for me tat like for tattooing like obviously tattooing is very all-consuming and because obviously it just takes so many hours it's very mentally draining it's obviously drawing and, and tattooing and it's quite as it can be quite a long um, a long process doing that so for me like tattoos are between me and the client you know so i share the tattoos with me and the client but i wanted to share something between me and my son that would maybe last longer like through the generations and, and i mean <laughs> maybe I'm, you know talking quite a, a big a big time sense there but um i wanted i wanted something for me and him to share that was like permanent as well so i thought right i'm going to try and, and write this book and and that's basically what i've done you know i just i had an idea for it and i kind of wrote rolled with it, I suppose and I just sat down one night and I, I thought right I'm going to try and write a story and this is kind of what I'm thinking and then it kind of went from there eh?
Do you love dinosaur? <laughs> that was that moment where we we're both going to ask a question at the same time. Do you, do you like dinosaurs? Is that how that started, or? Well, who doesn't like dinosaurs? You know, well, like yeah. I, I feel like that. It's very. I mean, everybody likes dinosaurs, but but Miles likes dinosaurs. My, my son, my son's called Miles, so he he really likes dinosaurs. And yeah, I thought it was like a good a, a good uh, thing to go for because it's kind of gender neutral as well. You know, like boys like dinosaurs, girls like dinosaurs. You know, it's not just uh, you know like a boys' book or something. You know, it's like it, it can be fitted for most people, and it's. Um, yeah, it kind of just ended up that way. I came up with the story first before I even decided I was going to put dinosaurs into it, I suppose. Okay. So when I wrote the story, I, I wrote it over like um, two nights, you know, and I, I was like, right, this is kind of what, I'm... well, the basis of it over two nights and obviously went back to change some of the words over time and, and kind of move things about to make it fit better. But um, the actual um, picturing what the animal was or, or whatever like that at first i didn't really know that until later and then it came to me when i started drawing and it just it just kind of came to me that way um and you drew yeah. everything for the book as well yeah 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 it'd be it'd be weird right like if i wrote a book and didn't do the drawings <laughs> I, <laughs> right it'd be a cop out right <laughs> i just wanted to clarify <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is an adorable looking book. I, I have it up on Amazon right now and you can see the cover is colorful and fun and um I I love bees and there's a bee. Oh there's two bees. I'm sorry, I can't count. Um I couldn't concentrate much in school either, so <laughs> Yeah. Well, that that's that's probably part of that as well. So the book has definitely got a wee bit of my truth in it, you know. So like I would say that the book it's it's obviously not about me, like I'm not Diego or anything like that, but it's sorta of semi autobiographical, <laughs> you know. So I, I would say like uh, there's there's definitely a wee bit of myself in the book. Um which I think anybody does. If you're an artist, that's what you do. You put a wee bit of yourself into that. And I feel like the story uh, in the book is kinda about that, you know, it's about not being able to concentrate on anything. And you're just thinking about the one thing, and that I suppose that's how I was with, with tattooing and stuff like that. So I, I'm kind of trying to teach that truth and share it with with, with kids, you know. And that's all um, right, you know. That's a, that's an all right thing to do. I want to take a message, uh, take just a second to read um, one of the reviews for the book. Um, so. This was posted on Amazon, which uh, just as a reminder to our listeners that you can go pick up your copy of Diego the Doodling Dinosaur on Amazon, wherever or wherever you uh, get your books from. Um, this review says, there are so many positive things to say about the book. It's a heartwarming, heartwarming moral message of being true to yourself, a fun and engaging storyline, fantastic illustration. Do yourself a favor, buy this book for your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, any child in your life, and they will be hooked. We need to see more adventures from Diego in the future. That's really nice. There's the feedback's th been amazing. You know? Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Yeah, you have, at least on the, um, I don't know if it's different for the, for the UK version of, of Amazon, but for the US Amazon, you have all five star ratings there isn't a single one that's less than that which is amazing yeah <laughs> i've been very lucky i've been very lucky with that you know and it's been it's been amazing to see everybody's uh, reaction to, to this because when 
when I originally came up with the idea about doing this, it was obviously just to share it with my son. You know, it wasn't really like, I mean, obviously if people were going to like it, then that's fine. But um, I didn't realise how great the response would be, especially from like uh, my community and stuff like that. You know, like everybody got really on board with it. They shared it, they, they bought the book and they've all left reviews and stuff like that, you know. So it's been amazing to see how much people have actually really enjoyed it. And um, especially with these school visits I've been doing as well, I've kind of been obviously going around like local schools and stuff like that and doing like readings to the kids and it's been amazing it's been so good to go in and see them you know like the, their faces light up when they see Diego and they're going Diego you know like and when I read the story to them as well they are like repeating the words back to me uh, like right away and it's it's ah it's it's pretty amazing you know I'm, I'm getting a wee bit like I've got a lump in my throat thinking about it yeah you know, in a way because it is it's quite a it's quite a big thing that you know to um to have that type of feedback yeah you know like because um, th that's who it's for it's for it's for for kids to relate to and, and understand it and even even like some of the teachers in the school are like, oh it's very well written and stuff like that and it's it's nice to get a bit of encouragement back because i feel i, I feel like a, a lot of people just don't get encouragement you know and um, so it's it's been nice to get that feedback especially for the from teachers from the kids in the class and and stuff like that and um you know it's it's amazing it's just it's um it makes me makes me feel so blessed to, to have that kind of feedback for something especially because it's my first rodeo really you know it's my first book it's not something that it's not like I've done this for years it's like literally my first one so um yeah hopefully I can this is like the way I was looking at it was like this book's kind of like the lesson book you know you, you you do this one and you learn from it and then go to the next one and do it better and you know like learn for that and you know try and see where you can go for there I can definitely see like a lot of my mistakes in this book that I've made, like just personally, I can see the bits, you know, that like I'm like, oh, I would probably change that or I would do this. And like, um, so you, you just keep learning from it. And the, the feedback's obviously good as well because then you get the feedback and you go, right, well, this is maybe what they liked about it. So I can maybe try and implement that to the next book. That reminds me of the conversation we had um, just a week ago with Brooke Shaden. And she is writing a book. Well, she finished a book and has re- <clears throat> edited it what nine times now before she will even put it in front of a publisher or anything like that yeah and she was like i don't know if it's ready i don't and that she's being told it's ready it's ready and she's like i don't know i'm gonna rewrite it again <laughs> so i understand that you can you can probably end up doing that infinitely if you keep oh, rehashing yeah. over and over i think i'm glad that you released this to the world as it is though. And I really think we need, this is something, I, it's, I have a lot of thoughts all at once, I'm sorry. It is so amazing and so important that you are have been able to touch young lives with the message this book has. You know, um, that it's okay to doodle, it's okay to jump into art, it's okay to, um, to, find your joy. And I love that about it. And I think if there are many kids out there that don't necessarily get that message, whether it's at home or at school or whatever their situation is. And I love that your book introduces that. I think that's Thank amazing. you so much. That's, that's really kind to say. I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. It's amazing. Um, I, I think you just, yeah, I think you've, you've kind of hit it there for me as well. It's like, it's, it's good to get that message out there, you know, because a lot of people, you know, like they, they probably think it's a bad thing. You know, they probably think it's a bad thing that they're maybe only concentrating on one thing or they can't do it or anything like that. I, I just wanted to show people that, you know, you can still, you can turn anything into what you want it to be as long as you're 
you're going to work hard and you know like put your heart in it you know because that's what the book's about is about following your heart and following what's true to you and see where you go with it you know and um it's all done to you it is all done to you and that's what i wanted i wanted, I wanted that truth to be told in a sense and it, it's been nice to be able to do it in a way where it's going to relate to a lot of people because I feel anybody can, you know, like not even just kids, you know, like I've even had that. I've had, <laughs> I've had like uh, people that have bought the book and they've been adults. I've not even had any kids and they're sending me photos and I'm like crying, you know, reading it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it's just e even that, you know, that that's an amazing thing to see. And it's like, oh, I can relate to this so much. Like, and I've, I've had people say that, like, that's what I'm like. And, you know, like I, I was always like that at school and, you know, to hear that, to, to know that obviously, because I felt like that at school. So it's nice to see that it, it can kind of bring everybody together and they can relate to that. Absolutely. There's a little poem that um, Diego says, and it's, um, I, I don't want to put you on the spot to, to because I don't know if you have it memorized. I can do it. I okay, can do you, it. okay yeah. yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so let me think. Uh, it's, I can't help but doodle. It's hard to stop once I start. It's the never-ending happiness I feel inside my heart. Is that right? I love it. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> that's the one. I, I was hoping it was the right one because he says a lot of it. But, uh, yeah. So that's kind of the just, that's repeated throughout the book, you know. So it's um, he's obviously in different, like, scenarios throughout the book. And it, it's kind of like, you know, people are like, oh, Diego, you know, what, what are you doing, you know? And then he kind of always says that throughout the book and it's, you know, it's just to say, listen, like, this is me, I'm happy, I'm doing this, this is this is what it's all about, and, you know, I'll not spoil the book by telling you what happens in it, you'll need to buy right. it. <laughs> no, you got to read it. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like, it's, I feel like what you said as well, it's got a, a nice a nice moral to the story. An important one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I really believe that. Yeah. Uh, you talked about how, you talked about how, like, adults can still read children's books, and, um, there's been kind of a common commentary that we've had throughout this podcast of when we get to be adults, sometimes like our imagination and our sense of just this love of play just kind of goes out the window and having things like this, I think validate, um, validates us as, as adults. Um, we're out at a Renaissance festival, um, probably back in October and found a book about, um, a little owl night. And it's just a story about a little owl who dreams of becoming a knight. And that's what he's, that is his passion. That is his truth. And I'm um, not going to spoil anything, but just it's his cycle of finding out about himself and making that dream come true. And my partner and I looked at this book and we were like, we were first just in love with how it looked. And then it's, uh, then we, as we started to read the book, it just got cuter and cuter and cuter and cuter. And at the very end, we were both not sobbing, but almost brought to tears by it. Um, so we just closed the book, didn't look at the price, put it on the counter and said, we'll take it. <laughs> so, so it sounds like a good book. It, it really is. Um, but it's, it was intended for kids, but it, get, it gave us a lot of validation um so i think that we need more of this and this leads into my question to you um when's the next book <laughs> so that's that's the question i keep getting asked mm -hmm. you know um 
when's the next one? When are you doing your next one? You know, and um, I suppose I'm still riding the wave of this one <laughs> because it's no long out, you know. So um, I have got ideas for the next one. I've already kind of like even before this one came out, I already had stuff written down for the next one. So I, that's just the way I work. Like I'm like always thinking about the next thing, which I, I think that's how we all are. You know, we're all we're always thinking the next thing because when you when you reach a goal, it's like you you, you kind of picture it as being this moment of like feeling happy and 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 all, and all that kind of stuff but like it's definitely like a fleeting thing actually the joy in it is the the journey towards that goal right so once you reach that goal you're you're just going to be thinking about the next thing it's like when you get to the top of the hill you're looking for a bigger hill to go up after it it's just the way it is so for me there, there will be i think there'll be a next book anyway you know like i, I feel like there the people people want it i feel already you know like a lot of people are asking me like when when are you going to do it um it took me about eight months to write the last one so I would probably need that and maybe even a wee bit more time for the next one because you want the second one to be even better and I'm going to try and make as much time for it as I can depending on how things go family life and shop life and all that kind of stuff because obviously tattooing is still my first and foremost you know that's how how I make a living and stuff like that the book was obviously just a a hobby that got out of control (laughs) but um yeah I can definitely see myself doing it. I've really loved the process. Of it. I've really loved that everybody's took so well to it. I, I love, I, I love, I loved making it. I really enjoyed making it, and I feel that, I feel that there will be a next one on the cards. Who knows when, though? You know, like I, I think I need to see. I think maybe just another couple of months need to go by, and then I can actually make time and say, right, this is when I'm going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like a structure kind of guy. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it every day. So I will need to make time for it every day. So. Once maybe Christmas is out the road and not the kind of hype of this book's done, then we will uh, we'll probably sit down and just go for it again. I don't know if it'll be a sequel or anything like that either. Sorry, to, I don't know you're going to That's say okay. Like people pe- people keep asking, they're like, are you going to do like a second Diego book? You know, are you going to do like a series or are you going to do like uh, another book that's different altogether? So um, like I say, not to spoil this book, but I feel like I don't know if I could do that because it kind of finishes in a certain way uh, with Diego at the end of this book so I feel like if I could try really hard and figure out some kind of way to do it I probably could but I don't know if I will do that I think I might go a total different way and maybe do another character or another because uh, the moral for the next one's quite a good one as well I feel that like the, the idea that I've got but I feel it maybe need just a, a fresh character for it so I think it'll yeah <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see what honestly whatever you need to do to make it done right the way that you feel it needs to be done is the best i believe yeah. anyway people will wait they will wait for the great content you're creating i hope so i feel yeah. i feel like because i've done this one now i've kind of I, I can kind of see where my mistakes were the first time like like, like what you were talking about with, with the other women you had on the podcast i can't remember her name sorry but you, you said that she rewrote it so many times brooke, yeah and uh, that's exactly what it was like illustrating and writing the book yeah brooke yeah so um it's the same with me even though it's a children's picture book you know it's only like 30 i think mine's is 34 pages i think the standard's around about 32 but just say 34 plus the front and back cover right, right. but because because it's a book that's in such short form, it's it still has to be like every word matters. Every single word matters in that book, and every page and every illustration matters to the like even what's in the background totally matters. Right? So, to um, to to go back into a second one, it's like I'll, I'll probably learn the lessons for the first one. So I, I feel like it maybe wouldn't take me quite as long to make a second one, 
but I, I didn't want to give myself that pressure. I, w- I wouldn't give it a time, you know. I would say, like, like, this is just when I'm going to work on it, and this is, you know, we'll just see where it goes from there, and hopefully it's it's good enough by the time it comes about. I, I think if they'll wait for George R. R. Martin, they will wait for you. <laughs> 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 if, if you know it, if you catch that Oh, reference. no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I catch the reference, yeah. I catch the reference, definitely. George R. R. Martin, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in his league yet. I can definitely tell you that. But well, <laughs> no. But your message might. I shouldn't say this because one day we might end up with George R. R. Martin on the podcast. <laughs> this is the part. This is the part I cut out. I think your message is more important than his. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Don't, take that. I'm going to write that. I'm yeah. Write that in the review. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to cut this out so George can't hear it. <laughs> He's never going to listen just, to this podcast. George, if you're out there. Just bleep out his name. Just bleep out his name. He'll no, no. Just bleep out his name. George, R- it'll be bleep, R, R, bleep. <laughs> so He'll be like, I'm, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> so I am actually in the process of ordering the book. So whenever I, whenever I get it and I get that Amazon, would you like to leave feedback? I will put that in the feedback comment. <laughs> You should have said I would have just said I would have just sent you one. I would have, I'll, I'll send you one. I appreciate that. I would like you to get the proceeds from this. So please, it is my absolute pleasure to do this. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that as well. Thank you. Yeah, we believe in I'll do your tattoo for free when you come over, right? <laughs> There's a deal. <laughs> That's huge. Done. <laughs> Done. We just have to get our butts to Scotland. But 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 okay. but yeah, but but you have to get a Diego tattoo. So <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. You See, know what? At least you didn't say you have to get one like on your butt or something. <laughs> you know what? No. That's a that's a deal. That is a deal. That's a deal. When I. When I go to Scotland, I will get a Diego tattoo. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. We have this okay. recorded now. <laughs> I know. There's a proof. There's a proof. Uh... <laughs> I'm, the man, I'm the man of my word. And I feel like Emily's about to clip this and send it to me repeatedly. Oh, I'm glad you reminded me to clip it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? I um, love it. But... Oh, that's uh, brilliant. Yeah. The clips go on our TikTok account. Um, but if you want, I'll send you the links to them so you'll have them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, the message is more important than George R. R. Martin. I mean, really? <laughs> Just in the air. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's a little more meaningful <laughs> like than I like a. That. Than a little dragon tattoo or something. I not to diss That's... anybody's tattoos because I I don't oh, want to do that no. either. Um, so have you read the book to your son? I mean, I imagine you have. You know. Yeah, least... yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, he's he, he loves Diego. I, I got him like a a Diego plushie made. Have I have I got it? No, I've not actually got it here to show you. But it's like a a plushie toy kind of thing. Awesome. And um, I remember like coming home once we got the proof copies read and we, and we read it and he was he was loving it right away you know and it was it was fun because when I gave him the plushy toy and because he had read the book before the plushy toy came 
he was like playing with the toy and he was like i'm doodling i'm doodling you know and it was like it was great because it was like a total moment you know i was like well my job's done you know like i'm happy if he's happy and he enjoys it it doesn't matter if everybody hates it (laughs) right as long as miles likes it that's that that's who it was for eh? so the book's obviously dedicated to him because you know it's uh, I don't think this would have ever came about if I didn't have a kid. <laughs> sure. So, like a lot's changed in my life since having a kid, and it, obviously it gives you different aspirations to do different things. So, uh, but yeah, he loves it. Thankfully, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course that, he then, does. Then I would have been like, oh no. That is so great. I love it. I love it. Are you um, are you having more plushies made for kids, or is that part of your idea at all? Or just the one? Well, yeah, well, um, I got I got just the one made the now. And I've had a lot of people ask, you know, they're, they're like, when when can we get the plushies? You know, like, and I've had a lot of emails and messages about it, like saying, like, oh, can I order the book with the plushie? Can I come in and collect it and all this wow. stuff, you know? But uh, the, the problem is, like, I got the plushie custom made, so it was really expensive, you know, like it was it was a lot. So the, the problem is we had to get it manufactured on, like, a large scale, it, it would it would be so much money and it's um it's something that like i can't like the, the problem the problem that i'm having right now is that it's just me that's like marking it uh, it's me that's dealing with with all the the promotion uh, all that kind of stuff um because i'm self-published if, if i had a traditional publisher that would want to take the book on then it would probably be a bit different because they could go down the route of that you know they could go down the, the manufacturing routes and, and sell these with the books and, and stuff like that so that's that's the that's the path i'm hoping to go down eventually like is hopefully maybe try and get a traditional publisher on board to then um, manufacture all that kind of stuff if the book was successful enough obviously it's still early days you know um i feel like that's what i've got now i feel like i've i've got um a marketing problem rather than a, a product problem because I, I feel the product's good so like it's now trying to get it in front of people who haven't seen it i suppose i think that's the hardest bit and uh for the plushies definitely there's been a lot of people ask for them but um, I, 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 and i'm always disappointing them i'm like oh there's only one you know but like if if i get to that stage i'll let you know and i've kind of just took like a list of people that wanted to get them so then if they ever you know if i ever get to that stage i think oh look the plushies are available now but I don't know. We'll see. That'd be amazing, though. I think that your book is evergreen enough to um, to warrant that being something that could come down the road easily enough. Because if you look at, like, um, the Arnold Lobel series, The Frog and Toad, I don't know if you've heard of that one, The Frog and Toad, Our Friends, and Frog and Toad All Year, those books were written decades ago. And they still have plushies coming out of those characters. So I don't, I think even if you didn't rush to something like that, um, your book is in that kind of similar vein. It's, it can be a timeless story that has a great message that it doesn't age. So I think, um, I think you're safe on that one, but definitely if you ever do a plushie, I I will get one. (laughs) (laughs) brilliant that's amazing yeah hopefully we'll see we'll see eh? we'll see we'll watch for that (laughs) (laughs) i i was purposely keeping my mouth closed so it didn't look like i was about to ask a question (laughs) i was like Um, so we (laughs) so when we talk about um like this book it's it's very clear that you were inspired by like other work uh, other works um can i ask what books um inspired you 
Um, when it so there, there's there's books that have inspired me as a person to that that I would say um, that I could talk about. But in terms of like the children's writing books, it's probably people like Julio. Uh, Julia Donaldson, I would say she's probably the main influence. So that's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of The Gruffalo. You ever heard of that? Mm. Or Stickman or anything like that? Yeah. You never heard of that? I mean, it's really big here, but I, I'm sure, like, I, I'm sure it's been like, you know, I'm sure it's like worldwide available. Eh? So, um, The Gruffalo? Yeah. I'd probably say, it. yeah, The Gruffalo. Yeah. It's like, a, it's quite a famous one. It's been like, it's been made into like a, a film and stuff like that as well. So, and uh, Dr. Seuss's books, you know, like The Grinch and stuff like that, we love that because it's like, it's very rhymey, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's just written really well. So I would say those are the books that have inspired me the most um, when it comes to writing a children's book anyway. Yeah. What about you as a person? Yeah, I, uh, so there's, there's probably like four books I would say that's inspired me as a person. Like that, that I would say have all been really life-changing to me in terms of how, how my life works now. So in terms of like my, like my discipline, my routine, my exercise, just my lifestyle and stuff like that. Like, I, I feel like I've got like four books probably roughly that I would say has been life changing. So that, if, if you want, I can, I can tell you about them if you want. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, so one of them would be, it's a book by uh, Mike Matthews. It's called Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. So it's basically just like a fitness book, I suppose, really. It's like about how, to, you know, like, how to diet properly, how to train properly, and all that kind of stuff. Like how to how to exercise, basically. But no, not just not just about exercise. It's about um, you know the side of getting fit and all that kind of stuff. You know, and I'm not like a professional athlete or anything like that. But I, I feel it's about the discipline, of exercise, and stuff like that. And um, I would say that's why the books influenced me a lot, just in terms of like going to the gym and stuff like that. I feel like it's quite an important thing about food and like uh, your relationship with food and the mental side of keeping fit and the mental side of dieting and, and all this kind of stuff because a, a, lot of, a lot of fitness stuff probably doesn't really um, cover that, like especially the mental side of things. So I, I would say that book's really helped. And um, obviously, I, I mean, I, I'll just say as well, like tattooing's obviously been a big help to me to, to because I speak to so many people, you get so much different advice for people. You meet people for all different walks of life. You know, you meet people that you know like that that work you know like just at the shop around the corner for you and then you get people who are like doctors priests you know like you name it like all kind all different types of people so i would say that's influenced me a lot as well but there was another book that that i'd read years ago and it was by a guy called neil strauss and it was called the uncomfortable truth about relationships so you can imagine that like when you read that book it was like it kind of gave you an insight to how uh, people work i suppose so Sure. That book was quite funny. It's, it's actually like a, it's almost like an autobiography about him, you know. So he he is all right to like kind of explain about the books. Is that all right to kind yeah, of talk about it? it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right, cool. So he he um he basically at the start of the book he goes into rehab because he cheated on his girlfriend apparently, right? So he he was going into rehab, like self-admitting he's selling into rehab. And he he goes into rehab and he meets these these group of people that are all there for all different types of reasons, but most of them are there for you know like cheating on their girlfriends and and stuff like that. So he goes into rehab and then he starts um, talking to the clinical psychologist about like his relationships with um, with him with him and his parents when they were younger and stuff like that. And it it comes to like all these realizations about how he's been brought up and about a uh, childhood trauma and all this kind of stuff. And um, 
that was a really interesting book because it kind of made me realize that a lot of us are just traumatized children <laughs> like so it kind of gave me an insight to how people are and it's made me look at life through a different lens it's made me realize that you know we're, we're acting out all this stuff throughout our lives like because a childhood trauma at the time and it's unresolved stuff that we need to figure out and that we need to you know like look into you know and the book kind of goes into that it's actually more about his journey it doesn't really it doesn't really go too much into the reasons why i would say the next book that that i would probably say goes more into the reasons why and it's a book called um hold on to your kids by gabor matty um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's, he's been on all like different podcasts and stuff like, like with Russell Brand and Joe Rogan and people okay. like that. If you if you if you listen to that, but he's he's a really great guy. So he's a clinical psychologist for Canada as well, for Toronto. I think I think it's Toronto. Might not be Toronto, but anyway, he um, he done a book called Hold On to Your Kids. He's done a bunch of books, but the one Hold On to Your Kids is all about childhood trauma and, and all this kind of stuff. So I feel that like reading that type of book has kind of made the relationships in my life. I, I would say better, but also it made, it's made me a better parent. You know, I became aware of like how to respond to my child and like how to respond to, to certain things. Like it's taught me so much in, in terms of that. So that book as well. And um, just a lot of his stuff in general is really good advice. He talks a lot about like ADHD. He talks about um, addiction, all this kind of stuff. Um, luckily enough, I've never really been affected by any of that stuff. But all his stuff's really interesting. I feel that's helped me as a person kind of get stuff in line for me. And it's gave me... Um, a lot to look at and uh, one last book I would probably say is well you've probably heard of this guy do you know who Jordan Peterson is you wouldn't have heard of him mm -hmm. you heard of Jordan Peterson yeah okay. yeah so he's kind of controversial I suppose a lot of people think he's controversial but his, his actual book's really really good eh? um, 12 Rules for Life it's called and um, it's just about taking responsibility for yourself and you know like figuring out how it go forth in your life and make it meaningful, you know. So that that's a really good book as well that I'd recommend. And I'll, I'll not go too much into that one, you know, because if you want to check it out, you can check it out. But like a lot of people didn't like him for some reason. I don't know why, but like a lot of people don't like him. But um, he he's definitely one as well. He's probably been like the biggest inspiration in my life in terms of like how to figure out how to live my life and not because you know like in life like a lot of people say like oh well you should just chase happiness and be happy and all that kind of stuff and it's just. It's just a fleeting feeling happiness, you know. So he talks about like finding meaning and structure in your life to make life worthwhile because it's all about order and chaos in life, you know, because you get good times, you get bad times. It's like you need to be the type of person who's responsible for you and for other people, like your family, your friends, your community, all that kind of stuff. So he talks about all that. And I always thought that was a really good book to kind of recommend to people about getting, I suppose, like try to get your life together <laughs> in a way. And I feel like th th these are just books that have helped me. That, that's all I've just touch on that a wee bit because I feel like if anybody takes any of their books and they, they take into their lives, I feel like it'll only benefit them in every way possible and it's helped me a lot and obviously books are very personally I mean it might not be for everybody but um, they're the ones that probably change the way I've looked at like life in general and I feel like they've helped me be the person that I've that I've kind of came to be I suppose Well and I think it says something that you cared enough to read books about becoming better or being better in any area of your life yeah. that's that's very wise and pretty commendable i think thank you definitely i feel like it's something that a lot of people could implement in their lives and i mean it doesn't even have to be books you know as such because like we live in a very fast modern age right so look at like what we're doing now like we're doing a podcast so you can always listen to podcasts or you can listen to audiobooks it's like very quick and instant it's a lot quicker than reading a book right yeah so you could always go down that route i've learned a lot for stuff like that as well um 
Sorry, my cat is being the worst. She, I, I had to mute my mic a bunch of times because she is just yelling. Come here, baby. <laughs> I even threw extra treats out there because I was like, please, just be quiet. I can't ask a question because I, don't want, I didn't want to unmute the mic. You're terrible today. It's probably because of the time of day. Usually we record... Well, at night here, and she's not used to that's, this. That's totally my fault. Sorry. No, I've it's okay. To do it earlier than normal. It's okay. <laughs> no, I think it was great to be able to at least do this. It was important to be able to connect at a reasonable hour. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I appreciate it because I, I think it would have been, what, like 2 a.m. 2 in the morning for me, and it, uh, there's just no way, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just right. Been too hard. <laughs> I don't want to do that to anybody, so... No, I appreciate it. Right. In fact, you're our first international guest. We, I, so congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's, it's been fun. It's been fun. The, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you were able to make it. I do want to quickly ask, um, the, like, what plans you have maybe for the future, um, either for your tattoo shop. Uh, you've talked a little bit about um, your ideas that you've got coming up for books or for your personal life. What are some things upcoming in the future? Um, so I suppose um, I'm one of these people that I want to improve in all realms. <laughs> I suppose a human endeavor. I want to be better at everything. I want to be better at tattooing. I want to be a better husband, a better father, a be better at writing books and, and stuff like that. So. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. I think this that year was, it's, it's that was me clapping. There. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I want to just be better as a person. I want to learn more. I want to learn more as well. I suppose that's how it, how it wants to be. And definitely, I think being a, a, a just making yourself better in all aspects is probably the way to go forward. I think for me, so th that's my future plans to just keep self improving and and what I do. And I think there's. That's all you can do, really. There is, there is, there is, there is some plans. You know, I would obviously like to do more books, and I think I'm going to maybe see how that route goes. Um, but yeah, that's probably the future plans. I would say just get better in all realms of human endeavor. Let's just—I think that's a good way to say that's it. That's wonderful. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I don't think anyone um... has come on here and said that, but I love it. No, that's great. <laughs> I'm going. I'm, I'm going. To, I'm going to be honest. I think I stole it for somebody, but I can't remember who it says it. <laughs> I probably stole it for somebody. It's not an original idea, but <laughs> no, it's still a, an excellent one. Take it. <laughs> Do you have? If someone were to come to you for advice, let's say they want to get into artistry, tattooing or something like that what do you have any advice for somebody who wants to dive into an art form like that i would say seek guidance if you can it's something that i didn't have i didn't have the same kind of guidance as what a lot of people are um that have now um that was probably my mistake the first couple of years just kind of doing it myself and not really knowing what i was doing so i would definitely say if you can get an apprenticeship and go into shops and, and do all that stuff you know as much as i'm a self-taught artist that's one of the things that uh, like almost when when i first started tattooing i had like um that thing it's called like imposter syndrome you know like i didn't really feel like a tattooist you know i felt a wee bit like you know like not worthy or something because i didn't do it like the the traditional way of doing it but then like later on i kind of found out that you know when i started speaking and getting tattooed from all these other tattooists that i thought were in the position where they were apprentices and stuff like that you, you kind of find out 
a lot of them learned in the jail or a lot of them, you know, done it in the back of their hearts, you know, <laughs> like it really, you know, you end up finding out that like a lot of people didn't actually go that route through the traditional apprenticeship approach. And I, I was one of the people and I had imposter syndrome. I probably still have it a wee bit, you know, like I still have a wee bit imposter syndrome about it. Um, but I, I kind of started realizing that through the years. So that, that would probably be my biggest advice is like, if you really can uh, get an apprenticeship, but if you really want to do it, like, I might, this might be controversial if, I know, if other tattoos are listening, but don't, don't let it stop you. You know, like you, you need to figure out some kind of way to make it happen for yourself. And I feel like you owe that to yourself, you know, no matter what, but that, that's definitely the best way. So I would say seek guidance and advice that way. Go into shops and get tattooed, get tattooed. That's actually, that's probably the main one as well. Get tattooed of somebody that you like and that you, you know, that you feel that is going to, you know, maybe be able to give you some kind of opportunity or some insight into how to get it. And even if they're not the person to train you or, or anything like that, you know, like me, start by getting tattooed. You have to you have to get tattooed. You know, it's one of these things where like you don't see tattooists. <laughs> like if, if you've seen a tattooist with no tattoos, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust somebody with, like, with no tattoos. So I think it's important for you to get tattooed as a person and try and get as much as you can and like learn that way as well. And um, seek that guidance if you can, because that's, that's the best way. And, <laughs> and definitely get Diego the doodling dinosaur as your first tattoo. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> if anybody somebody here is. Somebody here is, so <laughs> if anybody out there does get a Diego dinosaur tattoo, please contact us and or Scott so that we can we want to see this. And I know I Scott know. would want to see happen. it. Yeah. Oh definitely. Definitely. Uh, we can make it I happen. Think, I think I've actually planned out where I'm going to put it. Um, yeah. You've been thinking. So <laughs> I have actually <laughs> been thinking about it. So um, I'm I thinking about it. making it like maybe about four inches tall. And I would actually like to put it on my right uh, thigh. Good placement. Yep. That'll work. Cool. We'll make it seven inches, though. We'll make it bigger. Because <laughs> it'll last better. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm only kidding. I can do like, It needs to be three feet taller. It won't last, Trey. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It needs to go on See? my back, and that's it needs it. to be the ex entire length of my back. He's yeah. he's also Diego the back back piece. You know? Right. <laughs> Trey's very tall, so that might work. Yeah. A four um... feet. A four feet one. <laughs> right on the back. Perfect. It'll just be like line art going across my back. So when I'm standing, like, perfectly standing still, you can, like, make out the entire image. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, not to put you on the spot, um, but I would kind of like to ask you uh, just a couple of rapid fire questions. Uh, would you indulge us for just a minute or so? Of course. I'll try okay. my best anyway. <laughs> cool. Uh, so lightning round, uh, go with your first answer. Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Breathe. Okay. Shake it out. Uh, da, 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 da. Who is one person, alive or dead, that you would love to sit and have lunch with? John Pearson. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh, don't chase happiness. Um, if you no. had an apprentice in your tattoo shop right now, what piece of advice would you give them right now? You got good questions, man. You got good questions. Next piece of advice. It's, that, that's a hard one for me because I've never been in a press and I, I feel it's very specific. Um, one piece of advice is draw. 
Draw. That's what I would say. Draw. Okay. Uh, and my last one is going to be... Um, oh, God. I was trying to come up with one because I would written like a whole bunch of questions. Ah! Um, <laughs> Favorite movie? Yes. I've got two. Can I give you the two? Yes. Yes. Right. So one of them's Fight Club. I oh, Fight yeah. Club. And uh, Stand By Me. I love Stand By Me. That's a two good one, amazing too. amazing films. Yeah. Good Two choices. totally different films, but <laughs> yeah. Fight Club and Stand By Me. Okay. I have another, one last question. Um, what is one misconception about Scotland that you would like people to know about before they visit? I was going to Oh, ask that's me. a good one, eh? Um, one misconception. One misconception. That's a good one as well. Um... That we all eat haggis. I was going to say that if you didn't come up with something. <laughs> that haggis is just around oh. all the time everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I, honestly, anybody. Haggis, haggis. Yeah. Oh, man. That, just, that's what you get when you're Scottish. Haggis. Do you like haggis? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 I'm when... a, a steak and kind of guy. <laughs> When we go to Scotland, Trey, we'll have to have like the full Scottish breakfast and it has blood pudding too. And yeah. blood pudding, in my opinion, blood pudding will make you like haggis because haggis really is that much better than blood pudding. Oh, but I don't really oh, love my... either one. <laughs> you were not a bre- I'm not, that's what I was going to say as well. I'm not a, bre- I'm not a breakfast guy. Ugh. See, you are both putting words together that I understand separately, but the fact that you're talking about them combined... Like <laughs> blood am... and pudding? <laughs> yes! Um, I'm sure is not what I think it is, or not no. what it sounds like. Um, so that's that's a little bit of culture research for Trey. Yeah. Oh, well, you, don't, you don't want to know, man. You don't want to know. It's better. <laughs> it's better that way. Yeah. What? Oh, Everybody I... in Scotland, they'll be hating me right now. They'll be saying, oh, you're not even a true Scotsman if you eat haggis. <laughs> Don't even like haggis. Oh, also, maybe the other misconception I could think of was that everybody walks around in a kilt all the time. <laughs> that <laughs> also that, doesn't that's happen. That's definitely a big one. Yeah, that does not happen. <laughs> not in this weather either. I'm telling you that. Oh. <laughs> the sun came around and it's like... I have to lean back. The only time, the only time everybody wears kilts is at weddings. You know, everybody wears them at weddings normally. Oh. That's it. Yeah. What is something that when you stepped off the plane, sometime when you when you got to America, what is something you were surprised to find out that wasn't how you thought it was here? Oh, um, so I, I, when I went to Vegas, I would say it was the the hotels. You know, so. <laughs> When, when I think of a hotel here in Scotland, it's a total different conception of what like uh, what what a hotel is in Vegas. You know, like uh, in Vegas, it's like uh, it's like a town inside a building. You know, so <laughs> the the hotels that are here are actually just hotels. They've got rooms that you sleep in. A hotel in Vegas is not a hotel. <laughs> it's like you know, it's just a totally different thing. And um, where when I went to LA, it was the sheer scale how big it was you know like people were like oh LA is big I really didn't know how big it was it was ridiculously big like to the point where I couldn't even get about properly you know because it was just too big you know that's probably the the two things I would say 
That's one thing about Vegas, too, is just getting about properly at all is difficult because it is it is so yep. big. Yeah. You're right about that. Well, Scott, I do want to just thank you. Um, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for being on with us and for sharing not only your life, but also your passion through Diego the Doodling Dinosaur. Um, it, this, if I haven't said it enough, this was an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. No, honestly, it's, it's pleasure is all mine. I've, I've really enjoyed myself. It's been fun, and you guys have made it really um, engaging and fun. You know, it's 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 been it's been great. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Um, for our listeners again, um, if you want to go pick up, uh, go to Amazon or wherever you can get your local books, um, and pick up your copy of Diego the Doodling Dinosaur. Uh, thank you, everybody. Have a have a doodle tastic day. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget to be Diego. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.